Zdravlja Pastor on Your Health is pre-recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on your health. I'm Carl Christensen, and I'm here with family doc Zorba Pastor. We'll spend the next hour with you in our virtual doctor's office. Although, Zorba, we're actually missing that, you know, that scale that I swear it's calibrated always like five or ten That's pounds right. too That's heavy. Right. No, no. Why do gr- they do that? No, it's a gravity issue. What is the, the gravity deal? under the scale is actually much stronger than the gravity off the scale. <laughs> Why Sorry. do you doctors do that Sorry. to us? Uh, anyways, we'll talk healthy living. We'll walk through a healthy recipe. We'll get to some of your phone calls and emails and a few of your voicemails as well. And if you have a question for the good doc, the number to call anytime is 800 800- 462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. And along with those calls, Zorba, we have a few healthy living topics today. Eat your veggies first. Isn't that what your mom said? Uh, yeah, you just eat them in general. Yeah, just eat them in general. That's right. <laughs> That's a win just right there. Just eat them in general. Yeah. That's it. But it may be the order that you actually eat your food may actually hmm. affect your health. Kind of interesting, provocative research. I mean, you know, I can imagine eating dessert first, but starting with broccoli, I'm not sure about that. Anyway, very interesting study. And then are naps good for you? Do you nap? I, I wish I could. I used to. Before I had kids, I used to nap. Yeah, well, maybe the problem is children. (laughs) Don't have children, take a nap. This one I'm interested in for sure. I want to know if they're good. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got a great recipe, grape and feta salad. Mm -hmm. This is a wonderful, simple recipe, something you can actually have tonight. If you've got all the ingredients, you can easily put it together in about five minutes. Sounds great. All right. To the phones we go at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. One three. Let's go to a caller now in Kiwani, Wisconsin. Hi. Hi. How can we help? Um, I was calling. So it's kind of a two-parter, but um, I want to know what the difference between dairy in the food we eat is, and the dairy in my breast milk, and also the dairy that I ingest. How does that affect my now recently diagnosed? 13-month-old with a dairy allergy? How does my body break down dairy to possibly affect her or not? Oh, sure. These are, by the way, are good questions. So first of all, tell me about your child. What sort of allergy, what sort of reaction is going on? So we just started noticing um, this this past summer, um, I can for sure remember at the Kiwani Fair, I was letting her have some of my ice cream, mm-hmm. which, okay. you know, doesn't go directly in her mouth. It goes around. <laughs> she, becomes, she becomes the cone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After a few bites, um, she had hives around uh-huh. her mouth. Oh. And um, so we stared at her very intensely and they went away in about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we noticed with mac and cheese and mm-hmm. yogurt. And mm-hmm. then dad oh. decided one day to let her suck on a Dorito. And that also did it. So oh. mm-hmm. I stopped giving her that altogether. Sure. Um, Doritos are not lactose, by the way. But I don't know if they have lactose in there. So, so basically, you've had to stop all dairy products at this time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, I, I wouldn't. You know, if I gave her something with, you know, if I gave her a piece of a string cheese mm-hmm. or a part of my sandwich that had cheese, you know, I never noticed a hive outbreak. I also have a five-year-old, so paying attention to that part. Oh, right. It's very difficult. Um, right, right. Very d- but, Well, um, yeah. there's good news and bad news here. So first of all, a number of, a lot of kids have allergies to some kind of food, egg, milk, other things, that they tend to, quote, grow out of. I don't know if they really grow out of it, but kids grow, and then later on they don't seem to have the same problem. So the good news is that whatever she's allergic to now, she may not be allergic to later on. But the bad news is you've got to deal with this and figure out what she can tolerate and what she can't tolerate. So what did your doctor say about this? Have you gone to your doc? We did, yes. Um, She says that we could continue to – so my first issue is the breastfeeding because she's still exclusively breastfed. I mean, she's eating more foods. She also has zero teeth at 13 months old, so that's Mm -hmm. more of a challenge with what she eats. But the dairy that I ingest, I – the dairy you ingest is not at all going to affect it. You. you make your own milk. The dairy that you drink doesn't go into your breast. 
The dairy you drink, you then digest that, and then you make breast milk out of that, but it doesn't go from one to the other. It's not a direct correlation. Right. Well, like anything, you know, like my body breaks it down enough mm-hmm. where like even all those proteins and properties wouldn't sure. transfer over because, mm-hmm. because some of the things I ingest would go into, would, would go. And right into, into well, like, milk, right? like alcohol. I mean, if you drank alcohol, drink enough alcohol, there's a certain amount of alcohol that goes into your breast milk. Or if you look at illicit drugs, obviously they go into the body, they can go into the breast milk too. But when it comes to regular food, you digest the food and then you metabolize it and then you produce breast milk from that. So okay. it shouldn't really affect her in an allergic way at all. Now, I may be wrong. It may be that some mothers have found, indeed, when they eat certain foods, their child breaks out. But on the other hand, there are things that, that have to do with hives and things that we really don't understand. And that kids that become very sensitive just are sort of super sensitive to everything. Okay. So let me try to figure it out. So right now, you're trying different milk foods or milk products. What are you giving her besides breast milk? Yeah, she's now drinking soy milk. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I've just been giving her vegan substitutes, but sure. um, the doctor said that I could give her milk that's baked or cooked into things. Mm-hmm. So anything I can put in the oven at 350 for oh. 30 minutes that I should continue to give to her, mm-hmm. which I have not done yet because I don't have any of those recipes on hand, but... Um, yeah, I'm not sure why it would have to be at 350 degrees for 30 minutes. I don't know where that... I think that... it's supposed to be like cooked out or something. Uh-huh. Like I couldn't, I can't give her raw dairy. I can give her cooked So, So let me, let me give some suggestions. So first of all, uh, you can certainly get her allergy tested, and that is one possibility. So just sort of put that, put that in your... We did. In your, oh, you did? Oh. Oh, so, yeah. Sorry. Yep. They scratched her back with the histamine, oh. the saline, and oh. then milk, and they did the... She said they did the milk protein, you know, oh, scratch. So who gave you up. the advice on cooking things? Was that the allergist? The allergist, yep. Oh, okay. So the allergist would be the one. Then I, I would depend on that. I don't know if they cook it out, but it may be that it denatures the protein enough so they think the protein is the issue. Okay. Well, I would follow that. Go to the web, look for some vegan recipes and other recipes or, or uh, you know, some sort of dairy product, and be assured chances are she will grow out of this in time. But she does need other food besides breast milk at the age of 13 months. That's critical. Yeah. 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 How much does well, she? Weigh? How much I, does she weigh? Um, she weighs about twenty pounds. Oh, oh. twenty pounds yeah. at, at thirteen months. She's getting lots of food. She's really um, yeah. Oh, was that your child? That was her, right? That was her. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she knows you're on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for your call. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Hey, you take care now. Yeah, you too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. I just want to chime in really quickly because sure. she did mention Doritos. Yes. And I'm kind of a Dorito yeah, expert. Right. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you knew that about me. No, I, I love know. Doritos. I didn't know it. I didn't know. They I see have... it on your clothing all the time. I see <laughs> yeah, the chips. I got some orange That's powder right. all over me, yeah, all over yeah. my fingers. What is that orange powder? I have Dorito fingers yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, it's a manufacturer. It's not natural, Doritos. I I've heard that. You know that. There's probably 50 ingredients in those. At least. But there is some dairy. There is cheese. There's butter. There's definitely some dairy. Dairy and Doritos? Yeah. So you mean you can eat your Doritos and you can get dairy? That'll count as dairy in your diet? I don't think it counts as dairy like, uh, you know, it's a good amount of dairy. I'm just trying to say there's a reason maybe why her child broke out when she sucked on a Dorito Uh for a while because there is a little bit. I just want to make sure the Dorito – I'm trying to fend off the Dorito police ahead of time. I got it. I know as soon as you said there's no dairy in Doritos. That's right. But maybe it's eating the Dorito and it's that chippy stuff that falls under that causes the allergy too. You never really know. You never know. Who knows what's in that That's right. (laughs) 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, let's get our first healthy topic today. Let's talk about- Healthy? Why do they have to be healthy? Why don't we have unhealthy topics? Well, this is about vegetables, right? Yeah, it's not about Doritos. It's not not about about Doritos. Doritos. That's right. (laughs) So apparently there's new research or it matters what order you eat your meal. Well, maybe. It's a very- The food on your plate? It's it's a small study, very small study, but it's very interesting. And the scientists in this particular study were looking at- not just what you eat, but the order of what you eat for things. So a number of studies, that's what they looked at, looked at eating fiber-rich vegetables and protein 
at the beginning of the meal and eating carbohydrates later on in the meal. Okay. So in other words, getting protein in your stomach, getting fiber in your stomach may essentially change how you metabolize the carbohydrate like rice or bread or pasta. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. So instead of having a bread basket at your table in a restaurant, maybe what you should do is have a broccoli basket <laughs> and eat that in the table. And so does meal sequencing make a difference? And it's really kind of interesting because I've never really looked at anything that looked at evaluating the order at which you eat things. But it may turn out that if you sequence things differently, it may change it. So they're looking at GLP-1. Now, GLP-1 is a satiety hormone that we look at that essentially when you look at Ozempic and other drugs, it really affects the GLP-1 inhibitors. That's the whole thing. And it turns out that GLP-1 is very important in how we feel, like how we eat, and whether or not we feel satisfied. And it may be that the order of the food you have may affect GLP-1. So... It's an interesting idea, and I think if you're trying to lose weight, you may want to change the order of what you're eating. You may not want to have carbohydrates at the beginning of the meal, like a bread basket or something that has lots of carbs. You may want to have vegetables hmm. in there, or you may want to have fruit. Mm -hmm. You may have an apple at the beginning of your meal, but it may change how you metabolize food or how you feel at the end of the meal. In other words, maybe you get satisfied differently. Mm -hmm. So... How would you do that with your kids at home? Well, as you were saying yeah. this, I was yeah, thinking I could about. Yeah, I see how you're thinking. I was thinking. <laughs> you smell wood burning, right? You knew I was thinking. I smell. I, I was thinking about my I grandpa Philip. Smell wood burning. <laughs> I've not heard that before. That's what my dad used to say. I'd say, "Dad, I've been thinking," and he'd say, oh, "I thought I smelled wood burning." <laughs> it's just. It's obviously. It's obviously. Yeah. But no, my grandpa Philip. So my dad's dad he would always say, don't fill up on bread or don't fill up mm -hmm. on chips. Uh -huh. Like we'd go to Chi Chi's mm -hmm. like as a family once Chi a year. Right. Remember oh, Chi Chi's? I remember Chi Chi's. Do they still have Chi Chi's? I don't I, know. I love Chi Chi's. Yeah. Remember Deep they'd bring ice out cream. just tons. Oh, yeah, yeah, tons of chips. Chips and salsa. Ice cream. And we would just, Chimichanga. the kids would go Wasn't crazy. Wasn't that something that was deep fried? Mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. Oh, those are delicious. Great. Yeah, they're great. Let's do yeah, that for recipe. <laughs> yeah, no, so grandpa's there and he's watching us just eat Baskets chips, and baskets right. of chips, and he would just get so upset that he, he couldn't uh -huh. get through the meal. He was yeah. so mad at us yeah. and just well, yelling, find, don't fill up but, on chips. But I find that difficult. <laughs> I was just uh, in New York City recently, and I love different kinds of bread, and bread basket came to the table, and I loved it because it was really good bread. Mm -hmm. So I have that issue with carbohydrates. So maybe, and you do too. Uh, so oh, you, for sure. Especially huh. if they bring out bread and like maybe olive oil, I'll just go, I just go to town Right, and stuff. why have the entree? Yeah, exactly. You just, maybe yeah, it this, should just be olive oil, bread, <laughs> salad, and dessert. That's it. That's right. The Is new this order. the new Zorba the Mediterranean new you got it. bread That's diet? That's the real Mediterranean diet. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener from Lake Mills, Wisconsin. Hey, Dr. Zorba. My question has to do with high-pressure canners. Are they safer than water bath canners? My wife and I have been having this debate for years, and we finally broke down and did buy a high-pressure canner, and it seems to me that they do seal better, but I would like to know your opinion on that. And my second question is, when canning tomatoes, if there's a little bit of blight in the tomato, we tend to cut it out. But I happen to cut out like about a third of a less blight than my wife does. Her blight pile is a lot bigger than my blight pile. And I want to know just how important is it to cut out the blight when you're canning tomatoes? Thank you very much. So well, real quick, if I could just jump in, Zorba, yeah, please, we get tons please. of voicemails and yeah. we love it. Thanks. Yeah, we get so, no, we much, do. so many different right. kinds of yeah. questions right. from right. listeners. Right. And I don't think we've had a canning question before. And it's, I mean, I guess you we could say not. it's a healthy topic, healthy well, living a healthy question. Topic. Do you, have you ever canned? I don't can at all. Oh. I, I don't even know. I just want to oh. throw a canning question oh, no, at no. you. Do I you can, can at all? Oh, okay, I can all the time. Awesome. I can for about, I don't know, I had a huge garden. And at one time, one uh, summer, I canned 50 quarts of tomatoes. Ooh, wow. Five zero. So, number one, high-pressured canning, follow the USDA recommendations for canning. 
That's important. And the reason is you want to make sure all those bacteria are out. Right. And so it's very important when it comes to tomatoes, but more important when it comes to other vegetables. Now, as for blight, it only makes a difference in taste because basically anything that's in there, any they're usually not bacteria, but they may be a fungi. They're going to be destroyed when you use a high-pressure canning. Mm-hmm. So if his blight pile is less than his wife's blight pile. The real question is, is there a difference in taste between his tomatoes and her tomatoes? They should do an experiment. Well, more than that, but they should do an experiment and come back to us, and then I'll be the judge. <laughs> you want to taste the blight? I got it. Blight got versus it. no blight. But, but yes, you do want to use, you follow USDA recommendations because that's because the safe, that's the safest way to do it. So there's no so, blight hazard involved? No, no okay. blight hazard. So let me ask you a question. Do you have a garden? Uh, yeah, a small so one. Kind no. of small one. You mean like My a daughter plant? has a garden. What My five-year-old of, daughter has a garden. What kind of garden? She's got a couple, like, she's okay. got like a one okay. tomato plant. Okay. Like okay. A, a, Do you have sun around your house? Do you have a lot of yeah. sun? Yep. Okay. Why don't you get some tomato plants? We should. It's on the list of things to do. Well, but I, and then, you know what? And then after you get tomato plants, look at how you can make stuff and put it away. Now, you can also freeze it. Mm-hmm. You could make tomatoes. You have a deep freezer? Not a big one. No, a regular freezer. We don't have one of those huge. You don't have a freezer in your basement? Uh, we have a, a regular fridge in the basement, too, that's known as like the beer fridge. Well, beer, you can't But it freeze. does have a Can freezer. It's beer? mostly full of frozen pizzas right now. <laughs> frozen pizzas. So wait a minute. It's a healthy I gotta, living show, I'm right? I'm going to get this straight. There are Doritos in the basement, bags of Doritos, frozen pizza. You have so you like frozen pizza and beer so much. You have a refrigerator in the basement that's filled with beer and frozen pizza. I feel like I'm, I'm being called out right that's, now. That's it. No vegetables. Maybe that occasional like frozen corn in case you run out of upstairs. I just got it. I'm a healthy person, it. aren't I? That's right. That's right. That's right. Let's I'm trying continue. to weasel, weasel out of this. Can we go on here? Can we move on? As Tom would say, moving right along. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right. Before the break, Zorba, we love when our listeners chime in to add their healthy living tips to the show. So the following email is from Dan in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, who writes, Hi, Zorba and Carl. I have a solution for earworms. You know, earworms where a song gets stuck in your head. Right. It's an earworm. I, you have to explain. Earworms are not a common thing for people here. They're not? Here. No. They're so common for so me. If, so if you say, no, no, no. If you say an earworm, some people will think it means a worm that's in your ear. Like the Wrath of Khan, the like, Star Trek. Remember that scene? There oh, was, yeah. Oh, that oh, one disgusting, me as a kid. Disgusting, that's right. Anyway, okay, back to the email. But uh, an earworm <laughs> is a song that plays over and over again right, in your head. Right, exactly. Right. Okay, I have a solution. What's playing for, now? Right now? Yeah. Maybe just uh, I'm haunted by you talking about the unhealthy food I have in my (laughs) – the earworm is your voice actually, not a song. (laughs) Okay. Dan says, I have a solution for earworms. It's a process called stop thought. Uh I get a lot of reading thoughts, especially at night. What I was told was to slam your fist on a table and say stop. What I can do now mm-hmm. is just say to myself, stop, so I don't do the fist slam any- uh-huh. anymore. It works okay. really well for me. What do you think of this? Uh-huh. What do you think of this method? Well, it, you know, there, it, what we have, first of all, I think it's a great method. Mm-hmm. And the problem is how do we stop those recurrent thoughts of hearing something over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, in perseveration. And it really is an issue with some people so they can't move forward. I mean, so you may find it annoying. I may find it annoying with certain things, but it can interfere with concentration when you're doing work. So some people actually, a lot of people play music or noise in their ears, just like with tinnitus. So basically their auditory canal is doing different things. In other words, when you have a sound in your ear, be it noise or something else, some people find they can concentrate. Now, it's interesting because when I write my columns, sometimes I get... I'm writing something, but I have other thoughts that come in that bother me. Mm. And there's certain music that I can listen to that destroy those other thoughts. Mm-hmm. Haydn. Okay. But I can't listen to Beethoven. I can't listen to Wagner. I can't listen to anything. It, it turns out that Haydn destroys that in my brain. Now, why does that happen? I don't have any idea. I know why it I happens. Just, why? It's good at hiding those thoughts. <laughs> Jesus. 
that's moving, moving. No, you want to move on, huh? Right, moving right along. Moving well, right I along. get these earworms all the time, actually. No, no, you Zorba. get advertising earworms. You, you've missed. The puns are earworms. Missed. They won't go you away. Missed. How can I get rid of them? But I want to test out Oklahoma City Dan's method. Should we try to do that on the show and see if this stops? Sure. Stop. What's it called again? Stop thought. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot of earworms, common earworm songs. Uh I went through a couple lists online, picked Uh a song. Mm -hmm. This is uh, Rick Astley's 1987 smash hit. This is Never Gonna Give You Up. So let's hear that song. That's the name of the song? That's the name of the song, Never Never Gonna gonna Give give You Up. up. I know you know it. Brad, why don't you play that and let's see if you know know the song. I bet you know this. Let's hear that one. You hear this in like dentist's offices or grocery store or whatever. It was all over the place. Right. Okay. Is this stuck in your head yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's stuck in my head. Okay. That's right. You can fade that one out. That's right. Okay, Zorba. Now, it's stuck in your head. It's in my head. So let's try Oklahoma City Dan's Uh method here. So you say stop and slam your fist down. Okay. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wait a second. Wait a second. This this will face all even more. Oh, no. 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 It's enough. That's my heart. Okay, wait, wait. Stop. Stop. In the name of love. Stop. I think we took this bit way too far. I, I think so. We can stop the bit and let's move on. Do you have a health tip for the show? Send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. Or where else? On the web. At Facebook? That's the one. That's, That's it. the one. More of your calls to come, more emails, more listener voicemails, and we'll be putting together a grape and feta salad. All coming up on Zorba Pasture on Your Health from PRX. Christensen in the studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor. The number to call anytime with your healthy living question is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. But before we get back to your calls, Zorba, we got a recipe here, grape and feta salad. This seems really simple and tasty. Yeah, it is simple. And do you like feta? I love feta. I love feta. Do you like blue cheese? I love blue cheese. Yes, you you could do this with blue cheese also. Sure. Very, very easy. So let's do the dressing itself. Okay. So a tablespoonful of some sort of an oil. So it could be olive oil, Mm -hmm. could be avocado oil, could be there's hazelnut oil. There are a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of different oils out there. Um, Then juice from a lemon, either a regular lemon or a Meyer lemon, but a juice from a lemon. So you need, you got to have some lemon juice. Juice from one Meyer lemon or any old lemon. Yeah. Half teaspoon of kosher salt. Half little tea kosher salt. And then a few rounds of ground black pepper. What are rounds of pepper? I've never heard rounds used. Yeah, because you're going around when you're oh, using like a the twist. grinder. That's okay. a twist. Gotcha. Twist. How many pepper grinders do you have? Just one. That's Should all? I have more than one? Oh, yeah. I've got like three or four. Why? You don't have a... Well, because some are really easier to use larger... Why? <laughs> why? I'm so suspicious why? of this. Why? That's right. Dorito Man is asking why I have multiple pepper grinders, whereas he has sports drinks in the basement and frozen pizzas You're in never the freezer. Because you always want to have ground pepper at hand, one on the table, okay. one in the cabinet. When you Otherwise, what are you, how are you going to find your pepper? you got to go to the table. Okay. Gotcha. Aren't you always misplacing the pepper grinder? It's usually always in one spot right by the oven, so... As uh, long as someone puts it back there, it's so okay. So you don't have it on the table? You have to buy the oven? No, the table's just full of kids' crap. Yeah. Kids. Yeah, the table's kids' crap. <laughs> Homework. Right. All right, let's go, let's go to the salad. <laughs> so two cups of baby spinach. Two cups baby spinach. Two cups of arugula. Two cups of arugula. A one cup of, of a grape, some kind of a seedless grape. Okay, grape half, is your choice. Half cup of sliced almonds. Half a cup of sliced almonds. And a quarter of a cup of crumpled feta. In a medium bowl, 
Add the oil, lemon juice, salt, and pepper. Whisk until, until combined. And use as much pepper as you want to. I better love pepper, so mm-hmm. I put more on. Then in a large bowl, spinach, arugula, grapes, sliced almonds. Mix it around. And then when it's all finished being mixed, then put in the dressing and drizzle the dressing in and mix it because you may want to use all of the dressing you have or you may want to put in a little more arugula, a little more baby spinach because you want to do it to the taste that you want. Now, mm-hmm. my wife used to love things that we used to say, do you like to have salad with your dressing? Because you'd put on enormous amounts of dressing. <laughs> Whereas I like to have That's small good. amounts of dressing. That's exactly. <laughs> and then garnish it on the top with the almonds and the feta. So you mix everything together except the almonds and the feta. On top of it, you put the almonds and the feta. Mm. That's it. You're done. Simple, simple recipe. Try tonight. You can get this recipe by going to our website, zorbapastor.org. That's zorbapastor.org. Of course... Through Facebook. 800 462 7413. That's 1 800 462 7413. All right, let's go back to the phones. This is a caller now in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi. Hi. Uh, it's so great to be on your show. Thanks so much for having my call. Oh, it's great to uh, have you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so I am a software developer and I work from home, and mm-hmm. uh, I tend to like to sit on my couch or a comfy chair uh-huh, and usually sure. I'm, I'm good enough to like move around or it doesn't bother me that much but sometimes I get into the state of like really sore low back pain and especially lately I've been on the floor a lot working on my large costume <laughs> and wait a minute so, on the floor doing what working on what a large costume that I don't have space for on a table so I'm on the floor <laughs> Halloween costume yeah you got to yeah. tell us what it is yeah right <laughs> I'm Rita Repulsa from the Power Rangers of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah, great. My friends and I are all doing Power Ranger monsters and Power Rangers. I got it. I got the image. I got the image. <laughs> anyway, so I've been having a lot of low back pain lately. And sure. I know like things I can do long term to make it better, but I'm wondering what kind of advice you have for getting some immediate relief. I've heard mixed things about using a foam roller on your low back. Um, yeah, I'm also a side sleeper and I get a lot of neck sure. pain and I've, I've tried this like foam wedge that's supposed to help with traction. And I'm just wondering, yeah, what your advice is if there's a good pillow I can get as a side sleeper. Well, first of all, let's talk about the sleeping issue because that really is important. So, uh, you know, and there's a lot of baloney when it comes to mattresses. I just want to say that. Lots of baloney. The New Yorker had a great article uh, about somebody who was trying to figure out which what mattress to get. And it came up with the fact that, you know what? You get a mattress that feels right to you and you don't have to spend $10,000. Yeah, they can that. get really expensive. Oh, yeah. So, so, but the important thing with sleeping, I think, are the pillows that you have around you. In other words, you want to try different pillows, side pillows, big pillows, small pillows, travel pillows, so that you can get yourself into a position on your side, I happen to be a side sleeper, that is comfortable for you, and you've got enough way of sort of buttressing that around. So I definitely would try a side pillow, but I would try different pillows. And for me, it took me a long time to find the pillows that work for me because I have chronic back pain, but I have a whole bunch of pillows, and they change. So every day... I find that I sort of wedge them differently. The second thing is one of the issues that we have with everyone who works on a screen is we sit in a stultified position and we don't move. It's like, okay, let's just go into slow-mo and then we don't move because we're looking at the screen. We don't blink with our eyes as much and we don't get up. So from a point of view of what's happening during the day, it doesn't matter what you're doing your computer work on, you do have to set an alarm and every 30 minutes to 45 minutes, you actually have to get up and move around. And that really is such a key issue. I cannot tell you how important it is. You can do stretches or you can just get up and get yourself, you know, some water to drink and sort of stretch and get on your legs a little bit and then go back and sit down. And unfortunately, that can disturb your concentration. So if it doesn't work every half hour, at least do it like every hour. But every half an hour to 45 minutes during the daytime is really going to be your key. Because like you said, you're sitting there and being on the couch is fine if it's comfortable. Is it comfortable for you? Yeah, I love being on the couch. (laughs) Yeah, you love it. How often do you get out of the program you're working and go surf socially on your web, check your voicemail or check your email or something else? During the day, um, I I don't do that very much. In software development, it's like there's never-ending things to do. (laughs) 
But I definitely do that in the evening. But I'm, but the reason is, what I'm thinking is, if you're not concentrating, you can find a time where you're in between one spot and another spot and whatever you're working with your brain, and that's the time to get off. And then you yeah. set your watch as a, not an alarm to get off, but you have to get up at that time if you haven't reached the alarm state. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, that's very smart. Good idea. Because you got to do that. Otherwise, what's going to happen is you're going to continue to have chronic back pain. And you don't want to have to take anti-inflammatories or you don't want to have to put, you know, like a lidoderm patch on your back. Uh, You know, you you don't want to do something like that. You want to figure out a natural way to do this. Now, I've I've got another question. Uh, Does, how does your back feel when you're working on your costume? <laughs> it's worse on the costume because I sitting on the floor is very hard for me. So yeah, uh-huh. it's been bad this week. So did you sew when you were younger? Did your mother have a sewing machine? Uh, she did. Yes, uh-huh. I did a little bit, yeah. uh, and I have a sewing machine. You have a sewing machine. Uh-huh. You have a sewing machine. That's that's what I figured. If you're making a costume, you must have a sewing machine. That's exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you sew, Carl? I oh, I couldn't. I couldn't sew my way out of a. Paper out bag. Paper. Is that a, that's not even a real <laughs> so phrase. Sew my way out of a that's paper nothing. bag. Strike it's that. Better be tried. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your call. Good luck. But that's what Thanks I would do. So Pillow, pillows and it. moving during the daytime, getting up from that position during the daytime. Great idea. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right. Before the break, Zorba, I'm going to need you to Take a breath. Okay. Wait a minute. Prepare yourself for what I'm about to tell you. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Not everybody agrees with you. Okay. Oh. Did you know that? I didn't know that. (laughs) I didn't know that at all. We made a whole segment about it when people don't. This is actually disagreeing (laughs) with the doc. Disagreeing with the doc. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but do I have to agree with them when they disagree with no, me? No, no. Okay. You can have a healthy right. back and forth, that's right. a one-way conversation yeah, one way, on the yeah. radio with They're yourself. Not, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The following email came from John in Monona, Wisconsin. Hi, Dr. Zorba. When the topics of multivitamins or herbal supplements come up, you usually tell people to get them at a big box store and buy the store brand because, quote, they stand behind their products. Knowing that you're a man of science, I'm wondering what research illuminates that advice. From my experience, it's next to impossible to get a meaningful response from a big box store. They're driven by earning profits for their owners and shareholders, Mm -hmm. Uh not what's best for their customers. Mm -hmm. If a particular product line doesn't produce the desired profits or becomes too troublesome, they will merely drop it and replace it with something else at the same price point. Mm -hmm. Quality is not an issue. John goes on, I spent 22 years working at a Fortune 200 manufacturer that sells products at big box stores, Mm -hmm. and I've seen plenty of examples Mm -hmm. of profit, not Uh quality, driving the business. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, your locally owned and operated brick-and-mortar health food or Mm -hmm. herbal supplement store Mm -hmm. lives and dies Uh on customer satisfaction. Uh Uh A couple of complaints Uh or lost customers Uh can influence their reputation and is significant to them, Uh so they can't afford to sell subpar products. Bonuses include staff that usually are very knowledgeable Mm -hmm. about their products and the ability Mm -hmm. to talk directly to the owner. Oh, and the fact that more of your money stays in your local community Mm -hmm. instead of some faraway Uh corporate office. Uh A lot of good points in there. A lot of good points, but but let me clarify that. Sure. Uh, When it comes to supplements, the issue is, are you getting what the label says? Because they're not Uh, regulated by the FDA. It's not who... Who sells it? So mm-hmm. it's not regulated. Now, vitamins are regulated by the FDA. Okay. So when it says multivitamins, it's regulated by the FDA. So what I recommend with a vitamin, if it says USP, which is US Pharmacopoeia, that means it also meets a higher standard that has to do with how the capsule or tablet basically dissolves in your stomach. So vitamins are regulated by the FDA. Supplements are not. Right. So when I talk about big box stores, it's not that I'm for big box stores, but it's that they're going to stand behind it. If you look at Costco, Walgreens, CVS, any one of those, if you look at their name brand, they don't want to, they want to make sure that if all of a sudden somebody does an analysis of their particular brand of, we'll say, fish oil, and it doesn't have the right amount of fish oil, they're more likely to make sure internally that they will do that. So that, that's part of the issue. Now, 
Let's go to a, to a local health food store. I totally agree. You often, often have people there who are quite knowledgeable, but they may not be that knowledgeable about what's inside their product because they have a price point that they buy a product for and then they want to sell it. So it may have a certain label, maybe from a certain company. They may have a certain discount because my parents were in, we had a mom and pop Ben Franklin store. And so I remember my father would get all of a sudden, he would get a certain product in the store because he was able to get it at a lesser price. Mm. You know, So he was able to make more profit, mm -hmm. which is important. The bottom line is this. If you're going to buy a supplement, go to consumerlab.com, pay your 25 bucks or 30 bucks for the year, look it up and get a supplement which they have tested that shows that you're getting what you pay for in the label. And then go locally and, get, and then go, locally. go find it. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Now, as for his thing about keeping money in the community, I think that really is very important. On the other hand, if you don't want to go to consumerlab.com and you go to a big box store, they are more likely to stand behind that name. And so you're more likely to actually get what you pay for. My also thought is that no matter whether you buy supplements or vitamins, the real money is in food. Don't spend too much money on supplements. Spend more money on fresh fruits and vegetables in a variety of colors because they have micronutrients that have yet to be produced in a capsule or tablet, regardless of who produces it. Do you disagree with the good doc? And I'm sure you do. Sometimes. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Certainly in my family, they disagree with me all the time. All the time. Just post <laughs> on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. Much more of the show to come. We'll have more of your calls. We'll tackle another interesting health topic and more of your voicemails as well. So stick around and keep that radio dialed right here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. Carl Christensen in the studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor. The number to call anytime with your healthy living question is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, before we get back to those phone calls, I'm going to set the scene for you real okay, quick. got it. All right, it's mid-afternoon. Okay, You're full it. from lunch. That's right. It's full. a nice day. I've had too much. No, you're, you're feeling okay. Oh, I'm feeling you feel okay. satiated. Okay. You're feeling okay. good. Yeah. You're starting to maybe feel a yeah. little drowsy. Yeah. yeah. One thirty. One fifty. Should you take a nap? Should you give in naps. to a nap? Are naps, I love naps. So there's research. Are naps good for you at all? Naps are good for you. They are. Okay. Been, oh yeah, I love naps. There's a certain amount of time. I used to nap when I worked full time at my office. There are times that I would nap in a chair, start, or did you have a little cot? No, or something? I have a doctor's office, so I would get on one of the one of the benches. You know, that would I you roll out the butcher paper and put it? I butcher, love talking about that the butcher, butcher paper. paper and sit down on the butcher <laughs> yeah. paper. I would just nap. You know, that was a big issue because sometimes I would get tired at the end sure. of the morning. Right. But naps are good. But the issue is, is a nap good? And if so, how long should the nap be? So as we know, in some cultures, certainly in cultures like in Spain and France, taking a nap in the middle of the day is something that's common. And then, of course, they shut their uh, their office or whatever, and then they work well into the evening, the mm -hmm. beginning of the evening. Sure. Whereas we don't do that. And in a industrialized society, that's one of the things that developed back uh, probably in around the 1860s, 1880s, when you had people work, you wanted them to come to their factory, work, you never set up naps, mm -hmm. you had to work long hours, right. and then you went home and went to sleep. So we got out of the napping as societies were more industrialized, which tended to be in Northern Europe and Northern part of the U.S. Anyway, a brief nap, this was a recent study in science, uh, science Advances, looked at whether or not people who took a nap were better at math. So if they took a nap and then they gave them some math to do, you know, were they likely to figure out the math problem? And it, it turned out people who napped were able to figure out the math problem better. Hmm. But I don't know about you, but I don't do nap problems, math problems in the middle of the day. <laughs> so I don't know how much that does with my thinking. But napping 
is strongest for people who are sleep deficient. Okay. So in other words, if you only get six hours of sleep or if you're a shift worker, napping is really important. How many hours of sleep do you get a night? Oh, if I get six, that's that's a nice night for me. So what I should ta- probably what, be napping. What time do you go to sleep? That's part of the problem. Pretty late because the kids What's go to bed. And they, what then time do they go to bed? They go to bed around eight, eight. or eight yeah. or nine. Yeah. And then we get, you know, yeah. we want to watch something yeah, on, that's on right. the television. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, right. then yeah. you kind of... So yes. I, we, we yeah. get so what time, what time do you shut off the lights? Like 11, Yeah, 11. And what time do you get up? Well, depends. Depends on the yeah. day, really. Depends um, on the day or the yeah. kids? The kids, usually. I mean, what with the kids, for up? sure. They get up at 6. So they get up at 6. So you're only getting like... Get them on the bus. It's, so you're getting like six and a half hours of sleep. Yeah. And yeah. that's if I sleep through the night, which yeah. is kind of yeah. rare. So yeah, yeah, I could maybe use yeah. a nap. Yeah. So Can you, I go to sleep right now? Yeah. <laughs> you go to sleep right now. That's right. That's exactly. But naps, it turns out, are really good. And the ideal nap is about 20 minutes. Wow. That's the ideal nap. It feels it's like it not, takes me 20 minutes to at least get well, down. Well, you, know? you may get down. What I do, and I like to take a 20-minute nap, is I set my alarm, and I set my alarm for about 25 minutes or 28 minutes, and I give myself five minutes to read mm. or so because I find that's good, shut my eyes, and then I have an alarm to wake me up 20 minutes later. Okay. And I don't always go into a sleep. But I often do because all of a sudden the alarm goes up and I'm startled. Mm -hmm. And so it means I really have been sleeping. But the idea is I'm resting and I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. For those for those twenty minutes, and it's recharging. But if it goes on to sixty to ninety minutes, you know, in that realm, it can be distorting to your sleep at night. Oh. So you're getting too much during the daytime and going into too deep a sleep. Okay. So it can bother you at nighttime. But naps are really good if you can do it. The power nap is the sweet spot. Then the power nap of about twenty minutes turns out to be the sleeps. You know, the sweet spot if you can do it, and that's really hard to work in day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. But frankly, with so many people working right now at home, mm-hmm. doing a nap might be something that's much easier than it used to be when you had to travel, go into the office. So you do a lot of your work at Wisconsin Public Radio at home, right? Right, I do. So you could nap. I should do this. I'm going to do it. Instead of going to Facebook, you could actually <laughs> do a 20-minute 20 20 nap. Okay. So you may try it. You may see a difference. I'll try it. Because you are sleep deficient. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I'll try it. <laughs> I, sorry, I just passed out for a second. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462. The proof is in the pudding. Stand task. <laughs> 7413. All right, let's go back to the phones now. This is a caller from Jacksonville, Florida. Hi. Hi. I have a question about, um, I work in a restaurant. Sometimes I have uh, forgetting things on my work and mm-hmm. um, I skip memory and sometimes give me a hard time to work and uh, I'm forgetting things. So, because I'm 67, going to be 68, mm-hmm. and I'd like to know well, what will what would suggest for me to to enforce my memory to get it better. Oh, sure. What, what kind of things are you are you forgetting at work? Sometimes I order drinks and mm-hmm. uh, for my guests, and I forget to pick it up. Or I, sometimes I just forget things just randomly, you know. So it sure. make it, it make it difficult for yeah. me, and uh, huh. it's, it's hard. It's hard sometimes, and it just like give me some anxiety after that. Of so course, I make those of course. I'm aware so, of it. how long has it been going on for? About three months. About three months. Okay. So, a couple of questions. Uh, how much sleep do you get at night? Six hours. Okay. So, six, six. hours of sleep. Okay. Uh, coffee. How much coffee do you drink? Uh, like, I drink like three cups in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I, when I'm at work, I go back to drink like another two, three cups. Okay. Uh, how much alcohol do you drink every day? Alcohol, beer, well, wine, now, spirits? I stop to drink alcohol because mm-hmm. of that. Okay. You stop to drink alcohol. Okay, so you stop drinking alcohol. Uh, meals. Yep. Do you eat three meals a day, two meals a day? How's your How's your appetite? I do about to I eat some uh, mm-hmm. lunchtime, like two o'clock before mm-hmm. I go to work, and then I eat after when I finish work, seven o'clock at night. Okay. So, and then you know? what What kind of work do you do? I wait on tables. You, you know, wait on tables. So you've got to remember things. Yeah. You've got to be right out there remembering yeah, things exactly. that are going on. Right. Exactly. I mean, sometimes it's embarrassing if right. you order a drink people ask me, where's my drink? Right, time. right. All of a sudden you've forgotten things. Um, uh, another question. Any medicines that you're on? I am an antidepressant, mm-hmm. uh, Warbutrin, and then um, Effexor. Uh-huh. Well, Butrin. And you've been on that for a while? or? Yes, for a long time. Like uh-huh. for like 
five, six years now. Okay, okay. Okay, I've got a couple of suggestions. So first of all, sure. you know, you want to try to get your immediate memory better, and you've been doing this for a while. You've been in this occupation, I take it, for a long time, and, and you never used to forget things, right? I mean, you were... Right, you know, I Exactly. It used to be very sharp when I was younger, but right. now it's getting yeah. keep yeah. That was your skill set. So a few things. First of all, sleep. You want to increase the amount of sleep you have. You've got to experiment with that. If you're only getting six hours of sleep a night, your body needs more than that. And it may be that when you okay. were younger, you could get by with less sleep, but now you're 68 and you're older and you need a little more sleep. So you really want okay. to get yourself at least to seven, preferably seven and a half or eight. Even if you're not actually sleeping, you're in bed, you may be reading, you're not on a computer, you're not watching TV, you can be reading, but you want to move to that seven and a half Eight hours of sleep if possible. That's number one. That's really important. Number two, I would cut down a little bit on the coffee, and I would use the coffee before I worked. So in other words, instead of having a lot of coffee in the morning, I would have more coffee during your job. Coffee is a stimulant. It's the most common drug that we use in the world is caffeine. And so what you want to do is you want to make your brain more sensitive to the caffeine. So you want to have less coffee in the morning instead of having three cups or do it as decaf if you just want to drink something. And then when you're actually at work, then use the caffeine. So you'll get more of a jolt from the caffeine when you're at work. It'll be more effective. The final thing is I would talk to your doctor about the Wellbutrin and Effexor. You've been on it for, like you said, six years. It may be that you need to be, at this point, in your body a smaller dose. They're both very good drugs. The Wellbutrin and Effexor are very different drugs. One's called an SNRI, and Wellbutrin is, uh, is in a class by itself. They're excellent. But it may be that you don't need that dosage right now. You may need that combination because the combination is working for you, but it may be that you should cut down on one of them, such as the Effexor, and that may improve your memory. So the drugs may be a little bit strong for your body at this moment. And so that's the third okay. thing you can manipulate. Caffeine, like I said, when you're working, not as much in the morning. Sleep at nighttime. Try that. Try that. If those fail to work, then talk to your doctors and see about changing the effects or in the Wellbutrin may make a difference. When do you take both drugs? Do you take them in the daytime or at nighttime? Your antidepressant, the both Correct. of them, I take that in the, in the morning when I get up. So the other question is because they're 24-hour drugs, whether or not taking them at nighttime instead of in the morning will be better for you. The timing of the drugs may also make a difference. So all these things may help affect your memory. They're not 100% because people always talk about their memories as they get older, but now you've got three things to manipulate that may help you. Thank you, Dr. Zolda. You take care now. Thank you so much. You're Have welcome. a great day. Thank you. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Take care. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, let's crack open the Zorba Pastor on your health inbox and take a listener email. The following message came from John in Marquette, Michigan. John writes, hello, Dr. Pastor. I know cannabis research is limited, so I'll understand if you can't answer this question. I used to drink quite a bit, getting drunk several times a week. Then, during the first few months of the pandemic, I started getting drunk every single night. I discovered legal <sighs> cannabis. It's a lot. It is. I discovered legal cannabis during this time and switched to THC gummies. Mm-hmm. It's been years since I've been drunk, but I do get stoned several times each week, mm-hmm. sometimes every day of the week. Mm-hmm. My question is, am I harming my health? I assume I'm doing better by drinking less, but I'm not sure. I'm 35 years old and work in an office. I'm also overweight, but I use cannabis to help me exercise as it gives me more endurance. Thanks. Well, first of all, getting stoned or getting drunk every day is not healthy, period. Is one healthier than the other? Well, the real question is, what is it doing to your brain? So we know alcohol has issues with the liver. It can lead to liver failure. can lead to, you know, lead to cirrhosis and heart disease. We don't know what daily cannabis does because there's no research on it you know, that's credible. Is it safer? I don't know. I don't think you can say that it's safer. You can just say it's a different inebriant. So ultimately, the real goal is to keep from getting stoned or getting drunk every day. I think that's kind of – I think I look at it – as a stepwise approach. Can you reduce the number of times that you're inebriated during the week? And then after that, can you reduce that even further? 
And then after that, you can reduce it to something that's occasional. Can you take a stepwise approach? And that's what I would, that's what I would say. Now, whether or not it actually energizes you and is able to actually get you to exercise more, I think that really is an attitude issue and you may feel like you're doing it. I don't think, I certainly would not recommend people to take THC's gummies, gummies in order to exercise and go to the gym. That doesn't make sense to me. So good luck. Is one better than the other? The answer is neither one is good. Do you have a healthy living question or tip for the good doc? Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right. Before we head out today, Zorba, let's hear from your favorite hand raisers and do-gooders, the Grammar Police. Actually, Zorba, this one comes from a division of the grammar police we've yet to hear from. Mm-hmm. I know that's hard never to believe. Hard to I believe. don't think so. For three decades, I can't believe that. Not in my division. time here. I've never a heard a secret of. division. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they're really right. secretive. Actually, that's right. this is from the botany police. The botany police. The botany I police. Heard about the botany police. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, here's an email from mm-hmm. a listener named Matt of, Matt. The, of the botany police, okay. if that's his real name, mm-hmm. who writes. Well, they usually hide their name. Yeah, that's right. for sure. Hide their name. For sure. From the botany police. You were talking about bay leaves and chewing them to help with tinnitus. Bay leaves actually come from laurel trees. Oh. Remember we were talking about bay that. leaves and oh, we were, I think you said, I don't tree. even know where they come yeah. from. Oh. Yeah. So this is mm-hmm. the botany yeah. police of China. Why aren't they called laurel leaves? Laurel leaves? I don't know. <laughs> laurel leaves. <laughs> leaves. Isn't that a movie? Laurel, laurel, leaves. laurel leaves. I was thinking of it as a poem, one of those poems you read in <laughs> elementary school. You know, that's, <laughs> laurel leaves. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Matt continues. <laughs> From it's the a geography, movie. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah. you can't say bay leaves. Bay leaves. Bay, bay leaves. leaves. Yeah. From the geography police, Whitefish Bay. This is Matt again. Is in Michigan, not Wisconsin. Thanks for the show. He's wrong on that. I Whitefish mean, the, Bay the, is not in Michigan. I it's think in there's Wisconsin. of course multiple Whitefish Bays. There well, has they to may be. have a Whitefish Bay, but they, they do. don't have the Whitefish Bay. You're saying we the, have Whitefish the Whitefish Bay? Of course, is Wisconsin the white? When you think of Whitefish Bay, what do you think of Michigan? I think or Wisconsin? of my wife because she's from Whitefish of Bay. Of course, so we know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does this have to do with bay leaves or she, laurel well, leaves? He's the botany police, and he's saying he's the geography police. I think yeah, he's right. he's serving in multiple you know, you know factions something? within the grammar police force. Come on, that's right. Come on, that's right. He's wearing many hats. That's right. Uh, is he you, from the UP or something? Uh, he was from, I don't know where he's from. I'm guessing he's from Michigan yeah, because he yeah, knows yeah, about probably. Whitefish Bay, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to join the ever-growing grammar police force? Just send <laughs> Or your, the geographic police ge- force. Yeah, do right. you want to join the geography yeah. police? Okay, okay. Send your grievance along in an email to? Zorba at WPR.org. All right, should we do this again next week, Zorba? I hope so. Okay, sounds good. Stay well. I Stay will. Well, you too. Stay you too. Well. If you missed anything during the show or you just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web at sorbapastor.org or of course through Facebook. And don't forget you can call us anytime. 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 And leave us your question at 800 anytime 462 7413. You got that. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It is not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is me, Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Carl Christensen asking you to join us on the next Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's healthy living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.